welcome back to Let's Unpack That. This episode's going to work a little bit different uh, than some other ones. This is going to be kind of a throwback to our traditional style of the Let's Unpack That podcast. We're going to get really deep on one specific topic. It doesn't necessarily have to be tied to the news. And then we're going to do a segment called Pack It Up, where we basically tell somebody who is just way too much that they need to pack it up, zip their mouths, and just leave the earth for at least a few minutes. In this particular episode, we're going to unpack our feelings about sort of like getting back into the swing of life. Now that we're fully vaccinated, a lot of our friends are becoming vaccinated. Um, You know, Biden is pushing for April 19th for people to be vaccinated. So there's really, you know, a lot of different things to consider in terms of quote unquote, getting back to normal. Um, And then after that, we'll go to the pack it up segments. And I know we have some really fun things planned. So I'll start a little bit. Um, I'm fully vaccinated. Erica's fully vaccinated. Kirk is fully vaccinated. And Andrew, you're partially vaccinated. And with most of us being vaccinated or about to be fully vaccinated, um, you know, I'll I'll be honest and, and say that, I am planning a trip. Um, so Iceland is um, opening their borders to people who are fully vaccinated. You do have to, you know, submit a negative COVID test to really fully experience the country. Um, but I'm excited to go. Um, and I feel that, you know, being fully vaccinated, staying, you know, double masked on the flight, I've got, you know, a face shield, I've got gloves, I've kind of like got everything figured out and, you know, we're going to be not necessarily socially distant, but um, we're going to be outside most of the time that we're there. Like that's one sort of piece of this is like traveling is opening back up again. The CDC came out with guidelines about a week ago that said traveling is okay, but it needs to be essential. There's no definition of what essential means. Um, I'm just sort of feeling that I trust the vaccines. I trust that they said I'm not going to spread it. And so I'm going to take my precautions that I would normally take traveling in a pandemic anyway, and I'm going to go. But there's this like whole other side kind of too um, that I've sort of been struggling with, which is the socialization aspect. Um, And I've talked about it a lot with my therapist, but like somebody reached out to me or maybe it was a group of people. We were like talking about getting together now that we're, we're fully vaccinated. And I felt really anxious about that. Like I felt like, Yes, I want to get back to normal. Yes, I want to go to a bar again. Yes, I want to go out to eat. But I'm like, plans? Like, I haven't made plans in a year besides, you know, us planning the podcast. But my my pod, you know, I, I haven't really seen anybody, you know, this, this whole year. But my my pod of people that were kind of like intimately involved with me throughout the pandemic was you guys. It was, you know, a couple of my Instagram friends now our work group chat, Andrew, um, you know, and then a couple other, you know, close friends that I've, that I've kind of always been close with that don't necessarily fit, fit into that group, but I haven't even really seen family. So there's this like anxiety I'm feeling about just sort of like getting back to normal. Um, and I'm curious because we haven't talked about that really flush that out, like as a group. And I'm sure some of us are like, ready to get back and then some of us might not be. So I'm I'm curious, you know, kind of what your thoughts are on this sort of like getting back to normal feeling now that 23% as of today, 23% of Americans, adult Americans are vaccinated. Like we're on our way. Erica, like I'd love to start with you. Like, am I on my own? Do you feel the same? Like, or are you just sort of like ready to go? So when it comes to traveling for myself personally, I know that 
Um, I want to travel to certain places where, you know, the bars, restaurants, nightclubs are more of a destination than like, you know, nature things. Um, but like, I don't, like, I don't see myself going to a Paris or back to Florence um, anytime within the year because I can imagine that there's still going to be restrictions. And so for me, um, it's not that, like, to me, back to, like, I'm com- I'll be comfortable when we have the absolute green light, the science-backed green light where, you know, we've reached herd immunity and we can live life as close to, you know, 2019, early 2020 as possible. But I'm just relieved that all of the people that I care about are protected. Um, Mm. The fact that we can be together, but there's not that layer of worry, despite all the precautions we take. Um, The last time I was with more than my roommate or my cat, um, was with you guys and we took all the precautions, but it's still, you know, what if when I was getting gas, I, not all the germs died, like, you know, those small things. I felt the same way when, after we hung out, even though I knew that we were fully or partially vaccinated and had taken precautions, I still was like on edge for two weeks. Yeah. And I think knowing, you know, my parents are, uh, half vaccinated. My oldest sister is fully vaccinated. Middle sister is half vaccinated. And so by the time I'm seeing the people in my family, and like I know that they are protected um, from COVID in the sense that if they catch it, it's not going to be a big deal. But I just think that the relief of there not being any option no longer being the case has really um, helped me out a lot, but I don't see myself whenever bars, bar service opens in Philadelphia. um, I personally don't see myself sitting at a bar. Um, I don't see myself utilizing indoor dining anytime soon, especially as it gets warmer out. Um, So I don't think I'm going to like, I don't plan on making any changes to my life right now. Um, It's just that, peace of mind with the people I care about. Yeah, that's interesting. Kirk, is that sort of like how you're leaning to or are you feeling like more comfortable jumping back in? You are the social butterfly of the group. So, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's off the record or on the record, this is recorded. <laughs> very but, on, um, very on. <laughs> I feel like I've probably out of all of this been the least, ang- my anxiety has been less crippling to how I, that sounds bad. I'm not saying you got your No, it is. So you can say that. Yeah. But it, I mean, to a degree, same, but I think I, I, as well as Paul mentioned at the beginning, kind of, he kind of created this little pod for himself. It, more of his was more virtually, more speaking to us. Like we all, we've only seen each other once since the, the pandemic began. But um, I kind of created a pod maybe like beginning of the summer where it was a physical situation where it's the same people I love every weekend for the most part, um, a small group of us. Um, so I feel like that has kept me less, it, it definitely more riskier than what you guys have gone through, but I think has kept, maybe kept me, less anxious about going somewhere soon ish. Um, I agree. I don't plan on going. I don't, I don't think I can see myself like going to um, an actual bar setting where you're standing and drinking and dancing and you know, all that shit, like would love to, but I just, I don't even think when that happens, I think it's going to happen sooner than we think um, or a test of it is going to happen right. sooner than yeah. we think. Yeah. In Philly. 
Um, it's already happening in some places, um, but I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I'm that comfortable, even though I'm fully vaccinated. Um, but I think I'm probably okay with going to outdoor things and in groups and settings like indoor dining. I'm fine with, I've already kind of done it, but I just don't think I see myself like, um, going up against a wall at voyeur, um, twerking, unfortunately. And I don't know if anyone needs to see that. Babe, no um, one wants you twerking. You're also almost 30 dear. So (gasps) okay, honey. (laughs) age is but a number when it comes to gay bars. First off, I think we have to just remove that. Second off, <laughs> second off, low key, that's kind of why I need this world to open up this summer so I can have one final summer right. as a twenty-year-old. Yeah, my and first off, gays don't age. So all the non-gays listening, gays this don't motherfucker age, so Andrew turned thirty off. in quarantine and turned thirty-one in quarantine. <laughs> I know. No, Andrew is so literally rude, so it? fucking old. Ew. Oh Erica thinks twenty-five. Erica thinks she's 26 or how old are you? I'm 25. Don't add a fucking year to me, bitch. But it's just like stupid. Like age is stupid. Now I'm, you know what? Okay, Maggie. You know who says age is stupid? Okay, carry on. Okay, carry on. Okay. Okay, hold on. Age is important when it comes to sexual relations. They must be of 18. (laughs) Speaking of that, Matt Gates. No, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, back to a second. I'm not, I think I'm, I, I think, I think. I would be more comfortable. However, I think at the moment I have to get in something like that, I think I would freak out. Like, I don't think I'm there yet. Like, I don't think I'm like, if I'm at the door of the bar and I'm about to go in, I think I would probably yeah. not be ready. This is kind of where I'm, you know? Um, I think I'm more ready to do other things that are kind of teetering on the, the line, but I'm not ready there yet to like f- jump into 2019 or early 2020 yet. That's interesting. Yeah, I. it's weird that I feel more comfortable getting on a plane where the air circulation is going to be better, going to a country where cases have been so, so minimal because people actually follow the lockdown restrictions. Like right now, Iceland is, is locked down. So restaurants, minimum capacity, pools closed, Blue Lagoon closed. But like outdoor nature sites, they're like, no, the science doesn't support that that's where things spread. And you can come here if you're vaccinated. And then you can come here if you're not vaccinated. You just have to quarantine for like fucking 10 days, you know, which is, that's a long time, you know, to- Wait, quarantine in Iceland? In Iceland, yeah. They wow. they put you up in a hotel and then you have to wait there for your quarantine period to be over and then you can travel. So it's very organized, which is how they've kept their cases so low. You know, the infrastructure there is pretty incredible, but not necessarily like i don't know you know that it could handle a massive influx of their of their country you know like getting cases but it's weird i feel more comfortable doing that versus like i'm in a sense terrified of like sitting in a room with other people who might not be vaccinated without a mask on you know but i'm also like i am vaccinated this is their choice i'm not going to spread it to them that's what the CDC is saying the data supports, you know, and, and they're likely not going to give it to me because that's what the CDC says the data supports. But like, that's their choice, I guess. Like, I, I, I just don't know. But um, Andrew, I know you've like taken really strict precautions to see friends throughout the pandemic, too. Like, you know, you did your your like video game weekend. Right. And you like got tested before that and like a couple other things and socially distanced before that. Like, but what are you sort of feeling about? Not back to normal, I guess, because I feel like we've unpacked that it's not normal, but opening up a bit more, seeing a few more people without masks. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to do it. I've had I've had one Pfizer shot out of two 
And in two weeks, I'm going to get my second one. Um, and then I am going on the trip to Iceland with Paul. Um, it's going to be awesome. And I feel very comfortable with that because again, we're, we're flying on a plane and, you know, the normal kind of like wisdom is, you know, you always get stuck on a plane, but it's not really true because the air is recirculating through these filters, um, all the time. And we're going to be masked up on the plane. We're going to be masked up in the airport. And I feel very safe about that. And then close to 10% of people in America have had COVID or tested positive. And then we all know that we're pushing 600,000 deaths in America, uh, in Iceland, it's less than 1% of the total population has had or tested positive for COVID. And as of right now, only 29 people have died in the country. Um, and, you know, obviously we don't want any deaths, but they've obviously taken precautions. I mean, this is a country where um, people literally leave their sleeping babies in the stroller outside of a restaurant while they go in and eat. That's how safe this country is. And that's how they all look out for each other. Mm -hmm. like, that's how we should all be, really. So I feel very comfortable, like, you know, if this is our first adventure out in the world, I feel very comfortable doing that. Now, are we going to go down to the brew pub at the end of the street that we always used to go to and sit at the bar? No, we're not going to do that. I don't feel comfortable doing that in America, in our town um, right now, even vaccinated, because we know, and there's all this rhetoric about it, what medical intervention is ever 100%. There's, mm -hmm. there's nothing. Um, Kirk's Botox, but yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Debatable. That's a hundred. Mm. <laughs> oh man, um, he said nothing. He said, "I will choose violence by staying silent." Want to move my face? But we all accept there's a certain effectiveness to the flu vaccine, which the uh, COVID vaccines have all been proven to be way more effective than your normal seasonal flu vaccine. Um, even other vaccines, there's a certain percentage where, um, you know, it, it may be ineffective or you may still exhibit symptoms or something. You know, that's not necessarily a problem to me. I understand that's how these things work. Um, but still, you have to continue to be cautious, um, especially when you're around people that, you know, you don't know if other people have taken it seriously, if other people have been vaccinated. Um, I'm not necessarily, you know, I think there's more thinking I have to do on the whole prospect of COVID passports and all of that. But still, you know, COVID passport or no COVID passport, we should still be careful because we just don't know. And it's, it's mm -hmm. a disease that's so transmissible. That's the thing is like, you know, if you're with other people that are, are vaccinated, you know, now that we're all vaccinated up or near, very nearly vaccinated up, I can see all four of us hanging out. regularly. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Know. Kissing. Yeah. Family members. Yeah. Or, or kissing even. Don't kiss your family <laughs> I'll, I'll, kiss, I'll kiss Dr. Fauci. Oh, the fucking door. What? That's, th those are your words, Alabama. That you said it. I was talking about kissing you. I was kissing you guys. Alabama. <laughs> you know, roll, roll tide, everybody. <laughs> but but no, Andrew, I think I think it, you you said something so interesting to me. Like, why the fuck do I feel more comfortable going to another country right now than being in my own? It's because I have not 
felt safe in this country for probably my entire life, but mostly for at least the last kind of six years since Trump and Trumpism Tea Party really became prominent in terms of the anti-queer, anti-trans, anti-gay, you know, anti-vax, all these kind of groups have popped up essential oil moms um you know <laughs> sorry i just thought that would be funny so <laughs> kirk, kirk just spit out his nose but like i don't just spit my butt yeah, i just i just out. equated you know racists uh to essential oil moms but uh my yeah. sister, but, it's no. <laughs> but i I'm so it's just it's 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 very interesting for you to kind of say that because it it speaks to some of my anxiety of I've said to you guys how many times throughout this pandemic like I don't want to be here anymore you know but I I also recognize that the United States for a lot of people especially who people for especially for people who look like me it is a good place you know to be it is a good place you know for me to have a career for me to feel safe for me to feel you know whatever because I can sort of pass you know as a, a straight white man if I if I tried <laughs> you, mm-hmm. I'll fuck all of you <laughs> for your faces <laughs> that you just made I know and you know what everybody sitting in their car or in their house listening to this that just went Fuck you too. <laughs> um, um, I, I get like just from a you know a visual standpoint, passing like I, I, I don't know. Like, is that kind of part of my anxiety too? Like, I've I've said to my therapist a lot. All these people I know who didn't socially distance, who didn't respect this virus, who did not you know take this seriously, who plowed on through without really caring about. COVID or about anything like those people scare me for all those people who said that BLM protesters were terrorists for all those people who voted for Trump for all those people who denied that COVID was a serious disease for all those people who supported the Capitol as like insurrection I'm realizing that COVID protected me from a lot of that because I could stay away from them and now I'm scared that societal norms will come back into place And I'm going to get dropped into this avalanche of stuff I figured out this year I hate or I really hate or, oh, my God, I didn't realize that people felt this way, you know, and that kind of reintegration into society post COVID, um, you know, I think about all the time. One of the reasons why I'm always torn about staying here and fighting or going somewhere else and running away is because of something, Erica, you said on this podcast, like if you all leave because you have the privilege, you're leaving the disadvantaged people behind and you're making them more disadvantaged than ever. And like, I, I think about all this stuff because I'm just, I don't want to I don't want to like, I don't know. I I'm, I'm scared to be around the, the not people with different opinions than me, but people that I really realize don't value human life anymore and probably don't value mine. Um, and I'm trying to figure out how to deal with it. I don't know if that resonates with any of you guys, or if you just feel like you're in Paul's therapy session now, but, um, (laughs) and you probably always feel like that, but, um, (laughs) just it's, it's, it's scary. It's scary for me. We're in spooky times. Spooky season. (laughs) You know what? No, fuck that. Because I actually remember thinking to myself, I wish spooky season was year round. And bitch, this isn't spooky. It's tragic. It it happened. It happened. 
white refrigerators everywhere. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I was surrounded by white refrigerators everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it just is. Yeah, I don't know. I, I and Andrew, I know you and I have kind of talked about this before. Um, you know, for some of those fringe family members or very real, directly related family members, uh, you know, in in some cases, what do we do with these people? How are we supposed to just be like, yeah, let's celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ at Christmas together, disregarding all of the fact that you like hate humanity and like hate equality? Like, what are what are we doing? <laughs> It brings all that to the surface because I think, you know, for a lot of us, everybody sort of has this sort of mutually assured destruction policy, right? Like no one really wants to like get into it, but the pandemic, especially behind texting where you're not seeing each other all the time, um, has allowed family members to really feel safe in opening up about their actual beliefs and Mm. And sending those links and because now you have that buffer of you don't have to reply immediately. You can think about your reply. You're not in that moment where in person you don't want that awkwardness. So that's really allowed a lot of my family members to just kind of like let fly. Where sort of like before you probably suspected or wondered or, you know, maybe thought, oh, well, they're a little bit more conservative than you might think or they might have some crazy views. But you know, you don't, you're not really sure. Now you're like, no, because wow. they're yeah. sending you yeah. these like videos from BitChute and they're like all kinds of crazy shit. And yeah, it, it makes me not want to then just, you know, Thanksgiving 2021, like countries open back up, we can all get back together, like, you know, go see them, especially because I know for some of these people in my family, these are people that are not going to get vaccinated. Um, and even mm-hmm. if you know, right now, I think we're at close to 25% in the U S yeah. vaccination, which is fantastic. You know, I don't know what the actual number is for herd immunity, but obviously it's got to be a lot higher than that, but 70, yeah, 70, 80%, yeah. It, you know, it's conceivable. We're going to get there by the holiday time. Um, but these are people that I know are, are never going to get vaccinated. They're going to take pride in the fact that they're not going to get vaccinated. They think it's it's a patriotic or radical thing to not do it. It's a protest for them to not get it. You know, I'm still able to kind of get out of things like, you know, Easter. I didn't I didn't go to Easter because I knew that the aunt and uncle that I'm pretty sure that they fully believe in, in QAnon and, and all that stuff. They've been sending some very questionable stuff to the family via email. I would have been OK seeing my immediate family, but the aunt and uncle were coming and I was like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And Erica, you've also had difficult conversations with your family this year. And I say that. I think to maybe like level set with listeners of the podcast, I I think that like a lot of times, you know, especially like me, I'll look at a a black family or I'll talk to you and I'll be like, wow, you just like get a lot more things than I've never gotten before. You understand a lot that I've never understood before, but you've also had tough conversations with your family when it came to the election and stuff like that. You've also, you know, been a real like champion for people like Kirk and I, you know, like with your family, you know, when you were like, my parents are not, you know, like homophobic or anything. My parents just like, don't necessarily get gay people, you know? And like, but you've had conversations with them. So like, is that also something that like you're taking into account? Is that also something because like, you know, vaccine hesitancy in the black community is a little bit, not a little bit, a lot larger and a very justified reason for so, um, you know, but like, 
I'm curious kind of your thoughts on that too, of like that family dynamic back to normal, maybe not with your immediate family, but you've, you've also not necessarily had like an easy 2020 when it comes to conversations about stuff like that. Yeah. I'm not as connected with my extended family as I am my immediate family. And a part of that is because I grew up in San Diego. Um, My immediate or my extended family's in Louisiana, but I mean, the experiments in Tuskegee. Yep. Yep. You know, that's not far from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, I have family who went there. So I, I think within the black community, there's a lot of distrust, but um, I also think that some of that is very much Facebook born from what I've seen, but some of the family members who were posting those things ultimately decided to be vaccinated. But I think there's a little bit of social pressure around getting the vaccine. And ultimately, um, you know, the right people said we're getting the vaccine. And if it becomes available to you, we expect that too. Um, My sister is getting married and her requirement is that you have to be vaccinated. And there are people who are on the guest list that are known anti-vaxxers. They're also Trump supporters, so. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to my sister. Like, her, does her invitation say send back, like, chicken, vegetarian? <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> Pfizer, Moderna, but J&J is not an option. <laughs> you, can't, you can't come if you get the J&J. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, like, those things are difficult. Um, But again, I think that my, for the most part, my family is very much, if they were going to try to get rid of, like, if they were trying to take us out, they probably wouldn't give it to white people too. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's so interesting you say that my, you know, one of my, my friends, um, he's also, he's a young black man. And, um, you know, he was like, these symptoms were terrible. And he's like, but I had to hide them from my, you know, mom and grandma, because if I showed my symptoms and my side effects, you know, of the vaccine, he's like, they wouldn't get it. And I was like, Oh my God. I was like on Instagram, like I'm hurting, you know, like I was like, I'm dying dose two, you know? And I'm like, I wouldn't even think about that, you know, adding that sort of negativity about vaccines to the conversation. Now I think it's important to say, this is my experience. Side effects were pretty rough, but Hey, I'm pumped. I don't have COVID anymore. You know, it's just, there's, there's so much, difference in in community and family structure and and so much so I'm I'm grateful that you shared that perspective. I will say I had no side effects to the vaccine except for a slightly sore arm. Well, cuz I'm built different. I was going to say <laughs> that's just your white privilege. <laughs> I also like to jump in and say Erica's never championed me so am I possible? Okay. Uh, Kirk was going to jump in also a little while back and I specifically silenced him and went to Erica instead. So she was going to say something um, about getting back together with Trump supporters. But I also feel like, Kirk, you spent a lot of time during the pandemic screaming at Trump supporters much more than I did. I mean, I did it on the internet, right? But like, you also like, when you encountered someone on the beach, you were like, let's go. And then you would text us at 3 a.m. being proud of yourself. So like, I'm curious about, you know, you getting back to normal with, you know, Republicans in your life. Yes, I know that's when I converted. I converted quite a few and they all voted. They said they were voting for Joe Biden. That's that dope. was down the shore. I call it conversion therapy. It's <laughs> oh my <I'm> God. 
Follow me at Kirk's Conversion Therapy. <laughs> Spelled with three Ks. Um, I was just going to say okay, that. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, no, but I think I... Wait, why do I have to get normal to hang? Why am I hanging out with Trump supporters? What is I, no, I was just asking you a question of like, how how are you going to go back to life with those people who maybe Coming didn't understand like or view yeah. 2020 through the same lens that you did? Yeah, that's really interesting. He doesn't um, think about others, so... I don't really think about the people. Um, no, I don't know. I don't have much to say about that. I hope that good, good night and good luck to them. Good night and good luck. Okay. You heard it here first. If you have a Republican in your life, good luck. Good night and good luck. Good night and good luck. Kirk, Kirk Wilson will not be hanging out with you. Listen, I've been on a real roller coaster with Republic, how I feel about Republicans because, like, I remember if you could probably find podcasts that we've done where I'm literally off the hinge screaming, how I'll never speak to one again. And then there's times where I'm like, okay, we're so I was dating like this guy. <laughs> so I was dating this guy, and like, I, I, no, but six months removed from the election, like, I still believe that. I still do believe, like, if I, I mean, I rolled up one of my friends' houses in the summer, her parents' house to drop her off, and um, they had a, a Trump flag out front. Like mm-hmm. that happened. And like, so I, with that, if I had to walk into her house, if it wasn't COVID and I was like going in her house to see her parents, I would have said something. And like, what the fuck is this? Like this, like, I, I knew you like felt some certain way, but like you have a flag out front. Like I think in moments like that, I was, I would still be that way. But I also think I need to not assume as much. I think what we do all do a lot sometimes maybe is assume that somebody's not assume they're a Trump. They could say they're a Trump supporter, but then you need. I, I still think we need to hear them out before we yell at them. At least that's my that's my motto. Here's someone out before we yell at them, unless they're wearing a MAGA hat or a Trump supporter Trump flag. There are people yell. in the world who will hear them out. I would say twenty. Not years. in this podcast. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would. No, I think I would no, listen. But, and no, but listen, and then I, I, like, I'm giving you shit. I'm giving you shit, but only because it because you're right, you know. And like in in my don't flip your non-existent hair. Um, so <laughs> like in my in my world, like what I hope to design kind of on Instagram a little bit is as I'm processing these feelings of anxiety about COVID, as I'm processing these feelings about going back to normal, my therapist and I have been talking and working on like, he's like, when you feel this stuff, people seem to relate to you. So you should write posts about that and share that, you know, you're, you're, you can give other people talking points on how to deal with these things as you deal with them. And I, you know, in my mind, I don't think I should give necessarily anybody advice. And I'll always give that caveat that, Hey, I'm 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 learning too. I'm I'm struggling with this too, uh, and I always try to say that. But there is that piece of you know, Kirk. We do need to figure out how we talk to these people, how we you know bridge a little bit of a divide, how we make sure that they can kind of see our perspective a little bit. Maybe they don't agree with that hundred percent, but maybe there's a little bit more agreement than there was before. We still kind of do have to do that from just a pure humanity perspective, because when we don't do that, we get into some of the situations we talked about on uh, this week's episode, the the previous episode, where you have a lot of people who just aren't sensitive to people of color. You have a lot of people who really aren't sensitive, you know, to, um, you know, gun control. You have a lot of people who aren't sensitive to like issues, very real issues, you know, that face the transgender community, um, like what's happening in Arkansas right now and could very potentially happen in other states too. So, like we do need to continue to talk to them. We do need to continue to challenge them. And it's really on a lot of us to keep doing that while still protecting our mental health. But we need to be able to effectively give people talking points, effectively give people arguments, especially as people with a platform 
you know, it's our responsibility to sort of share some of the things that we learned and the things we've, you know, failed at learning too. So um, I, I think that you, you hit a good point for sure. Well, I feel like that topic has been officially unpacked. So when we come back, we will have our pack it up segment of the episode. But before we start packing it up, Erica, I just have to ask you about your Snow Queen pothos right now. I can see it in the back and she is spread. She is living. She is rooting. She is not rotting. I was going to say she's rooting and rotting, but we don't want rot in this house. So I just wanted to ask you a little bit about your plants, about your propagation, and some of the different things that you've been doing to make sure that they survive as the weather is getting warmer. So I actually just changed the water out on all of my plants that are in their little um, propagation cradles. And I've been turning my plants because it's important that all parts of the plant get sunlight, wiping them off, repotting the ones that need to be repotted. And I'm just doing whatever I can to love on them and make sure that they get all the light and all the tasty chlorophyll so they stay green. I never thought about the turning of the plant because remember when I told you that that leaf on my monstera was dying and you were like, that just like happens, Paul, like plant leaves die. But I was like, no, maybe I didn't turn it enough to give them equal exposure. So I was worried, but it's so easy to do in the cradles from Modern Botanical. The best part is you don't really have to this water so them. Hilarious. Not to jump in on your ad, but I keep seeing a meme that's like, Plants are now pets and pets are now kids. This is literally plants are now 100%. children. About a leaf, a leaf. He's thinking about a leaf. Listen, first of all, it's funny because my cat's laying next to me and I'm like looking at my cradles in the camera because they're in my background. I will say I've gotten constant compliments on them in all of my Zoom meetings at work. I mean, they're beautiful, but everyone's like, oh my God, like those plants look so healthy. And they're like, you must be so good at plants. I'm like, bitch, I killed so many fucking succulents, cacti. Uh Mm -hmm. I'm like, they just sit in water. Like there's no work you have to put in. No, they sit in water. They look gorgeous and they get compliments. I wish that when I sat in water, I would be gorgeous and get compliments, but I don't because men are hateful. But we are so (laughs) excited to introduce our sponsor, Modern Botanical. You guys already know all about them. They're a small business located in San Diego, California, using sustainably sourced wood to create handcrafted propagation frames that can be installed anywhere in your home in under a minute. And if you're a new plant mom or a new plant dad like I am. They also sell lovingly cultivated plants to get your collection started. And because you're a listener of Let's Unpack That, you can visit modernbotanical.shop and use our code ITSPAUL20 for 20% off your first purchase and free shipping. Again, that is modernbotanical.shop and the code is ITSPAUL20. If you buy them, please let me know because I want to see pictures of them. So again, visit modernbotanical.shop and use our code ITSPAUL20 for 20% off your first purchase and free shipping. Again, that is M-O-D-E-R-N-B-O-T-A-N-I-C-A-L dot S-H-O-P and use code ITSPAUL20. (laughs) 
All right, and we are back with our final segment of the week. It is Pack It Up. This is a brand new section where we highlight a person, an organization, or something in pop culture that needs to pipe it down, pack it up, leave through the emergency exit, go down the slide, put your mask on before you put on others, whatever it is, pack it up. Let's get out of here. Andrew, who are you packing up this week? Fucking Matt Gates. Get the fuck out of my government. Please. Or at least shut the fuck up. Like no lawyer that is worth the money you're paying him is going to let you go on Tucker Carlson hours after news stories break about you, possibly allegedly paying for your 17-year-old girlfriend to go across state lines and internationally don't go on fucking national TV, one of the most watched television shows in America, and say some dumb ass fucking shit. Ugh. Listen, I hate Tucker Carlson. He's a fucking goober. <laughs> like he is, he is a closeted white supremacist. And I wish Tucker Carlson would pack it the fuck up. Wait, is he a closeted gay or is he a closeted white supremacist? I'm pretty sure he's a white supremacist, like out. Well, proud. he's he's trying to like keep it low key, man. but we don't know. <laughs> That's about the same closet I was in when I was closet. Yeah, yeah. Every, everybody <laughs> knew. So, like, obviously we hate Tucker Carlson, but to go on somebody's show and then say, hey, remember that time I brought a totally legal girl to dinner with you and your wife and then specify that that girl was totally legal? Like, that is some suspicious shit. And he looped, he looped Tucker into yeah. it. He said, I'm not the only one who's been accused wrongfully. You know, mm -hmm. he kept sliding in wrongfully without evidence, conspiracy, you know, like, like, like he kept having to be like, oh yeah, right. I need to pretend that this isn't true. I love, like, like wow. in that moment, I felt a little bit of empathy for Tucker Carlson, which is an amazing yeah. thing to do because <laughs> yeah. here he is, he's like, hey, Tucker, we're the same. And Tucker was like, dude, we are not the fucking same. That was 20 <laughs> years ago. That was proven false. Shut the fuck up right now. Yeah. He's oh like, I just God. got out of the fucking woods, my guy. Like, <laughs> Dear Lord. Ugh. Erica, what are you packing up this week? I'm packing up Khloe Kardashian. <laughs> I am packing up her no-thigh-matching ass into the smallest bag I can find. Because one picture that she deems unflattering was probably uh, something that some little girl out there is going to print out and tape above her fucking bed because that's her dream body. And that's what she wants to look like. I would kill for Kardashians. that body. Yeah. I'm like, damn, I wish my bad pictures looked like that. She's making people feel so inadequate by their body by saying this picture of my body is absolutely heinous to the point where it has to be scrubbed from the internet. And I think it's just, I do not like the Kardashians. Sorry, mom. And I think that their family is a cancer in the sense that they are the reason why people want bigger asses, thicker lips, all the things that Black women have been teased for their whole lives. And it's toxic. It is absolutely unnecessary. And it shows that they are not willing to be humans like the fucking rest of us. I mean, everyone should go look at the picture, even though she doesn't want you to <laughs> go look at the picture. Uh, 
the, that she hated. Apparently her grandmother posted. I don't know. That's the story I've heard. I don't know who posted it. It's just a bad picture. Like it's a, if that was taken by paparazzi, there's nothing she could do about it. It's just a bad picture. She Her body looks literally the same as it does in every Instagram she posts. So it's not like she edits her Instagrams to take off 50 pounds. Like it's the same body. I don't, it's just, it's, it's just, the outrage upon it is ridiculous. I think she is a little bit insecure. Yeah. I mean, I think realistically the Kardashians got famous from sex and sex appeal. You know, I think that there's this expectation that when you are a Kardashian woman, you're expected to have this body type. Look perfect. And to look and act a certain way. So I think that they have really become victim to something that they created. Mm -hmm. You know, with that, they have a lot of young, impressionable children who are also becoming victims to something that they created and they've just never taken responsibility. Agree. Kirk, what's your packet up? So I'm going to stay on theme and build off of Erica's and I'm going to say packet the fuck up to Caitlyn Jenner. Caliente. Yeah. Pack it up, Caitlyn Jenner. So apparently, I don't know if everyone has heard, because I don't know if it's been like Since I posted about it, I was done. Yeah, I'll post about it so everyone should know. But Caitlyn Jenner is eyeing up a run for California governor in the recall effort against Gavin Newsom. Um, This is not okay. (laughs) (laughs) At all. Period. I mean, you shouldn't even explain it. You heard it here first. (laughs) This is not okay. But yeah, apparently she is talking to Caroline Wren, who is a GOP fundraiser. She worked to help reelect President Trump, who we know Caitlin was a supporter of, at least in the first few years of the him running and then him being elected president. Um, it's extremely problematic. She is, as we all are kind of aware, I think we could all dive into it. Um, she has no place being in our political world whatsoever or in the government working for anybody. She's so out of touch and tone deaf to so much from any any topic out there to topics that she should care about. I think that there's just so much wrong and it's not somebody that would be advocating for um, anything good, nope. um, especially because she's would be running as Republican too, not saying all Republicans are terrible. <laughs> Sorry, they are <laughs> terrible people, but um, she, it's just be, it's very confusing. And I feel like she should not be, you know, the governor. I of love California. how the cough, the cough was the Republican leaving Kirk's body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that comes out of a different area. Um, and then, <laughs> and then, um, I think we should tell her to pack it up because not only am I telling her to pack it up, but Kesha has told her to pack it up. Caitlin was on The Masked Singer last weekend and she sang the iconic song TikTok by Kesha and Kesha posted on TikTok on TikTok. Wow, there's too much going on here. On the actual platform TikTok today, a reaction to Caitlin singing the song TikTok. And she said, I live for a cover and an outfit, but I have to go. So I think we all just need to let Caitlyn Jenner go, let Chloe go, let the Kardashian-Jenner family go and tell them all to pack it the fuck up. Completely agree. I co-sign that pack it up. As I follow all of them on Instagram. <laughs> but, you know, speaking of out of touch seniors, my packet up is Ron DeSantis, the governor Ugh. of Florida. So please, Ron, Ronald, please pack it up. If you're not familiar with the <laughs> state of Florida, both the geographic location and also the capacity of Florida is in the state. Um, there are a lot of people there who really, really, really want to go on cruise ships. There are a lot, also a lot of people who are employed by the cruise line industry there. Um, and Ron DeSantis came out very passionately this week and decided he was going to sue the CDC and the Biden administration and say, we must allow our cruise liners and their employees to get back to work to safely set sail again. Right. 
I understand the desire. I understand the desire to be on a boat in the middle of nowhere, escaping Florida. I I, I fully understand that. <laughs> um, but I I don't understand this desire and this kind of rallying around a vacation style that we already know spreads a lot of germs because of documented cases of extreme diarrhea, of fever outbreaks, being on these vacations. Um, I can say that because I, you know, am married to a man who used to work on cruise ships. And I also had gastrointestinal distress when I met him on a cruise ship. But he, you know, called out the statistic that, you know, 159,000 hardworking Floridians who livelihoods really depend on the cruise line industry. And I think that's important. It's a shame that these people have been out of work. It's a shame that we can't go on vacations like this right now. But I take issue with his approach because this man was a vocal opponent of any unemployment benefits to these unemployed people. Mm -hmm. This man was also completely against stopping the spread of COVID to help the cruise line industry open more quickly. So all of a sudden he's in, you know, the press, the media, because number one, he's possibly going to be a presidential candidate for the Republican side in 2024, which is horrifying. Um, But number two, also the fact that he's now this defender of people who want to go on vacations, just let the Floridians go on vacation, let people get back to work. He has done nothing to help people get back to work. He has done nothing to help people stay home and get unemployment benefits. He's actually advocated against this. And even though he's a governor, he's a big enough voice that he can influence people in Congress. And that is extremely frustrating. So I'm saying pack it up to Ron DeSantis. I hope that you run for the Republican Party nomination. And I hope that you get beaten by any other Republican in that field. The CDC has said that they are evaluating the guidance. They will make an announcement. They just know they can't enforce this guidance yet because the for-profit companies are not going to say you have to be vaccinated in order to get on board these ships. A documentary just came out on HBO about those people who were stranded on the ship at this time last year. And here he is screaming about how people need to get back on cruise ships. I find it frustrating. I find it insulting. I find it disgusting. And Ron DeSantis, I am saying, pack it the fuck up. Go anywhere else other than the United States of America. Girl, bye. Bye. Oh, that felt good. Cathartic. Fun. Well, this has been our episode. This is episode two of our weekly series. Uh, Let's unpack that. I hope that you enjoy this. If you did, please leave us a like, comment, rate, subscribe, review. You can listen to our other episodes on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, on Spotify, and all that good stuff. Um, Highly recommend you go back and listen to some of the OGs because... My God, have we come a long way from those early episodes. They are quite something. Kirk, Erica, Andrew, thank you all so much for joining me as always. We will talk to you guys next week. Stay tuned for more headlines.